Thank you for choosing to listen to today's message by Reverend Dr. David Entry. We know you will be blessed as you seek and serve God. We believe that this message will stir up a desire for more of God, even as you listen. Be blessed. Father, we thank you for this privilege to hear your word and to delve into your word. We pray, Holy Spirit, you are the magister veritatis, the only teacher, the main teacher, the master of the truth. We pray that teach us the truth. Lead us into the truth of God's word. Enlighten the eyes of our understanding. Grant us that we'll be given the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. We thank you for the teaching of your word. Lord, grant me utterance that with boldness I will declare your word to the blessing of your people and glorifying of your name in Jesus' name. Amen. The Levitical priesthood was ended by Jesus. Jesus actually fulfilled it by offering himself as a sacrifice. So he had something to offer. Bible says that every high priest must have something to offer, right? You have to. That's what makes you a high priest. You must be a man called amongst men. Hebrews chapter 5 verse 1 and 2, called amongst men in Hebrews chapter 8 verse 3 and must have something to offer. Jesus also had something to offer according to Hebrews chapter 7 verse 27. What he had to offer was himself. That's so nice. Jesus offered himself, offered up himself once and for all. And afterwards, according to Hebrews chapter 10 verse 11 and 12, he did it once and for all and he sat down because he's finished. So it's the, he sat down not just as a priest but he sat down as a king in enthronement according to Psalm 110 so 110 verse 1 and 2 he says that this day I have begotten you and he says rule verse 2 rule thou in the midst of your enemies verse 2 and 3 and then verse 4 talks about I you are a priest after the order of Melchizedek, Melchizedek. so the same person who was to rule is declared the priest so it's a priest and a king in uh, Genesis chapter um, 14 verse 18 bible talks about melchizedek the king of salem and priest of Mo- the most high god so he was a king and a priest in hebrews chapter 7 verse 1 and 2 talks about he was the king of salem which is the king of peace and the king of righteousness so he was the king of righteousness and king of peace so melchizedek and or Melchizedek order of priesthood is a kingly order of priesthood 9, 10, and 11. So Jesus Christ is seated as a king. He is a king in majesty. He is the prince of peace. All right. So because we have such a great high priest, he's a great high priest. Hebrews 4, 14. He's a great high priest and he's a great shepherd. Hebrews 13, 20. He's a great shepherd and a great high priest. And uh, Hebrews 4, 7, 4 talks about Melchizedek. This one is greater than Abraham. So Melchizedek is greater than Abraham. And that's why he blessed Abraham, verse 7 of Hebrews 7, because of without controversy, he said the lesser is blessed by the greater. So Melchizedek was greater than. And Jesus has come in the order of Melchizedek. So he's come in the order of the great one. That's why he's the great high priest. And Hebrews chapter 10 Verse 21, it talks about great priest or high priest, the same great priest. So Jesus Christ has come as a great high priest. So in his great high priestly role, watch this, in his great high priestly role, he is not just operating as a high priest, but he's operating as the things I said. He's currently, as he's in heaven, he's, he's in his capacity as God, Hebrews 1 Eight. He's in his capacity as the son of God, Hebrews chapter 
2, the Son of God, one, Hebrews chapter 1, verse 5, he's in capacity as the Son of Man, Hebrews chapter 2, verse 6. He's in capacity, his capacity as man, Hebrews chapter 2, verse 6. He is in the capacity as the heir of, he's the heir, capacity as the heir of appointed heir of all things, the anointed one. He's in the capacity as the anointed one. He's in the capacity as the captain of our salvation. He's in the capacity of he's our sanctifier. He's the sanctifier. He's the is in the capacity of our instant or our constant succor or our constant aid. The one who aids us. He's in the capacity as the um the helper, instant helper. So he's our aider. Constant aider and instant helper is in his capacity as the apostle sent from God. Hallelujah. That gets me excited. He's in his capacity as the apostle sent from God, Hebrews 3, 1. He's also in his capacity as the minister, minister of the true tabernacle with an excellent ministry, Hebrews chapter 8, verse 1 and 6. He has an excellent ministry. And Hebrews chapter 8, verse 6 talks about he's in the capacity as a mediator. He's in the, the mediator of the new covenant, Hebrews 10, 10, uh, sorry, 12, 24. So he's all these things. He's in the capacity as a, so mediator, the shorty 722, Hebrews 722, and he's in the capacity as the, the guarantor or the testator, executor of the New Testament, Hebrews 9 to um, 16, there So he, he's 716, I'm sorry, 715, 16. He, he's all this. Jesus Christ is all this and is in the capacity as the great shepherd and the author is in his capacity as the author and the finisher of our faith all these various capacities he operates in is embedded in his capacity as a high priest so he's all this to us and is the is high priest to us and is the king to us so this are kingly high priest who is our shepherd who is our sanctifier who is our forerunner who is yeah, our forerunner who is the, uh, the captain of our salvation who is the author and the finisher of our faith who is god who is man who is the son of god who is the son of man who is the appointed of all things who is the mediator of the new covenant who is the testator who is the the shorty he's all these things to us and he's operating from there in our interest now happen so hallelujah hebrews chapter 10 verse 21 thank you jesus what is it's a very nice one is that having a an high priest over the house of god hebrews 10 21 is that and since we have such a great and a wonderful and a noble priest. I mean, this, what else can you ask for? What Since we have such a great and a wonderful and a noble priest, a noble priest who rules over the house of God. That is even another, uh, another phrase, the house of God. So King James says, having such a, having have a, a high priest over the house of God. The house of God. The house of God is the people of God. In the days of the Old Testament, the house of God was the the people of Israel, represented by the tabernacle, God's presence in their midst as the tabernacle. So in Exodus chapter 25, verse 8, it says that they have them to build a tabernacle for me that I might dwell amongst them. They might be my people, oh house of Israel. So they were they were a house and of God. But in these new days, in the New Testament days, the house of God is the church. First Timothy chapter 3, verse 15 says that until I come, that you might know how to conduct yourself 
in the house of God. Alright, it says that that you might know how to conduct yourself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the, the pillar, of the grounds of truth, something like that. Alright, uh, yeah. which is the the church of God, the church, the ch- which is the church, the house of the living. The house of God, which is the church. Amen. So the house of God is the church. In in First Peter chapter 4, verse 17, talks about how judgment will start from the house of God. So God talks about the people, the church, right? So the house of God is church. In fact, actually, Hebrews chapter 3, verse 6, talks about um, but Christ being a son over his house, faithful by his house, his own house, whose house we are. Uh, Hebrews chapter 3, verse 6, whose house we are. And if we hold fast, See that there's a word, there's a phrase there. Hold fast our confession to the end. It talks about whose house. Hebrews chapter 3 verse 6 says that. But Christ as a son over his own house. Whose house we are. If we hold fast the confidence. The confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm to the end. So holding fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope. We are holding fast the hope. I'll, I'll make reference to that again. That's why I took my time to read it. So it said, whose house we are. So we are the house of God. Now, Bible says that having therefore a, such a great, noble, wonderful high priest over the house of God, we have two things. We have the blood of Christ. All right. So, so having therefore Hebrews chapter 10 verse 19, talking about having boldness, sorry, having boldness to enter into the holies. Hebrews 10, 19, having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holies by the blood of Jesus. So we have boldness by the blood. And it's not, that's not the only thing we have, which is a new and living way anyway. But we also have a high priest, as I explained, or a great priest. So we have a great priest, we have boldness and great priest. What, what is our responsibility therefore? Because having all this, if you don't make good use of it, it's, it's bad. It's bad to have all this things working in your favor. I prophesy and I speak to you that there's there's more working in your favor than against you. If you are with God, if you have God, if you are in Christ, hallelujah! If you are in Christ, my brother, my sister, there's more working for you than against you. There's more working for you. For you. Bible says in First First John chapter 4 verse 4, greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. Greater is he. Who is in us than who is in the world? I think in Acts chapter, I believe Acts chapter 18 verse 16, I suppose. Bible says that God told Paul and he told Paul that I have more people in this city. I have more in this city than against you. Acts 18, I'm, I want to be sure. Is that, yeah, verse 10 is that, for I am with thee and no man shall set set on thee to head thee. For I have much people in the city. There's, you sometimes it may look like so much is working against you. That's why, that's why Elijah, when he went to God, he says that they have killed all your prophets. I'm the only one left in, I think in, in first Kings chapter 18 and chapter 19, somewhere there. He said, I'm the only one there is also in Romans. I'm the only one left. God said, no, 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 no. Don't be fooled. I have more people who have not bowed to the, the prophets of Baal. I have more people. You think you are the only remnant left? I have more. So the point I want to make is I've got people, more people in the city. There is more working for you than against you. There is more working in your favor. And Bible says all things work together for good to them that love God and according to his purpose. So there's more working for you. I know it may be 
a difficult patch at, at this season. But actually, this all this is also working for your good. Everything is working for your good. When you are in Christ and you are in faith and you are faithful to God and you are under the covenant, the covenant is meant to help you, not hurt you. The covenant of God is meant to help you, not hurt you. As long as you are with God, if God be for us, Romans chapter 8 verse 31, if God be for us, who can be against us? Yet they were killing them. They're killing. But some Bible said, by faith, they subdued kingdoms. May you subdue your, the situations around you. May you subdue companies. May you subdue communities. May you subdue the business line. May you subdue finances. May you subdue marital challenges. May you subdue it by faith. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 33, by faith, they subdued kingdom. They wrought righteousness by faith. Hallelujah. They escaped the edge of sword. The sword. They quenched the violence of fire by faith. Your faith is working for you. Your faith is working for you because there is more working in your favor. There is more at your disposal as a child of God and a man in Christ, a woman in Christ. There is more at your fa- uh, at your disposal. There is more within your arsenals of spiritual work with God to work, to deploy, to work in your favor and turn things wrong. I pray so shall it be. May your testimony not delay. May your testimony show up. In the name of Jesus, I'm talking about your marital testimony. I'm talking about your your ministry testimony. Things may seem to be down, but I pray that things are coming, we are reviving. Things are coming back. You are bouncing back. You are bouncing back stronger. You are bouncing back wiser. You are bouncing back more favored. You are bouncing back with, with more anointing. You are bouncing back with more insight. You are bouncing back. Yay, my enemy, don't rejoice over me for even if I fall seven times I shall rise Micah 7 eight. you are rising and bouncing back in the name of Jesus because we have boldness to enter the holies of holies and we have a great high priest over the house of God this is working for us what are we supposed to do as I said because of this he said let us all right so let me read let's get back to the text Hebrews chapter 10 verse 21 and having, so 19 says that, having therefore, we have two things. What we have first, having therefore boldness to enter into the Holy of Holy, in verse 21, and having a high priest over the house of God. Now, let us, let us do what draw near with sincerity, with fidelity, remember, with humility, you got it. You got, you're getting yes. And with what? Purity. Yeah. So we, we come with sincerity. We've come, we come with fidelity. We come with in humility and we come in purity. That's the verse 22. Let us draw near with that. Draw near. Let me read what the text says. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. Faith keeps appearing. Full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. So first one, having these two things, let us draw near. Second point, let us hold fast. Verse 23. So there are two things or there are quite a, a few things that we are supposed to do because of the two things we have. 
Having this, then you have to do this. So having what we have, boldness to enter by the blood and a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near and let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful who has promised. Faith goes with promise. Faith and hope, they always are connected to the a promise. God is a God of promise. Hebrews chapter 6, I think verse 17 and verse 18, it says that so that by two immutable things, is that God willing more abundantly to show to the heirs of promise the immutability of his counsel. We are the heirs of promise. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 17. Wherein God, willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise. We are the heirs. When you are dealing with God, there is a promise at stake. There is always a promise God gives you. Hallelujah. God is a God of promise. The Bible says that God actually is so much a God of promise that he promised, said there are things he promised the greatest thing he promised is eternal life. And he promised eternal life before time began. So before human beings showed up, before the beginning, can you imagine? Before the beginning, God promised eternal life. Before human beings showed up even to fall into sin or whatever, before everything began, he had promised. Before there were human beings to promise, he promised. <laughs> In Titus chapter, Titus chapter 1, verse 2. Verse 1, I like it. It says that Paul, a born servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, according to the faith of God's elect and the truth that accords with godliness, in hope of the promise of, uh, in hope of eternal life, which God promised before time began. Hallelujah! So God promised eternal life before time began. But had in, but has in these last days manifested his word through preaching, which was committed to me according to, by by the commandments of God our Savior. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, but God promised eternal life before time began. So before in the when Bible says that in the beginning, this prophet promise was there before the beginning because it said before time began. So. Time began in the beginning, but God promised before the beginning. Human beings began in the beginning, but God promised before the beginning. So before God created us, he had promised. What makes you think that if you are in Christ, there are things, the things that God has planned to do in your life, is speaking of, was not promised when you were in the world. He promised before you even got born again. He actually promised before you were born. So there are things that are working for you, just that they have not materialized yet. Because according to Titus, he says that, but in due time. He has manifested his word. In due time, his word is his promise. And he has manifested it in due time. How did he do it? Through preaching. But So that's why preaching is so important. God takes preaching to manifest his promise. As I'm preaching, God does that mean I'm preaching you into your reality of God's promises. Hallelujah! I'm preaching. That's why I said, how can they be saved without a preacher? Yeah, it's in the Bible. Romans chapter 10. He said, how can they be saved without a preacher? It takes a preacher for God to save a people. <laughs> and not any preacher at all. Because he says in Titus chapter 1, verse 3, but in due time, God has manifested his word, which was committed to me. Okay, his word uh, through preaching, through the preaching which was called. So the preaching, his preaching was actually committed to him. 
by the commandment of God was given to you according to the commandment of God. So is there any preaching at all that it, it doesn't take every preaching to manifest God's word? It takes preaching of a sent one. How shall they preach except they be sent? Romans chapter 10 verse 15 and 16 somewhere they said. So how shall they preach except they be sent? So it's not everybody maybe I've gone to theological seminary. Seminary. Uh, go to theological seminary and I'm coming to because of that it gives me right to preach. I can preach a sermon. I can preach a sermon but I may not have a message from God. He says that so as I'm preaching I am preaching you releasing you into the promise of God. I'm preaching. When we preach people, God's word gets manifested through preaching that is committed to individuals. And I believe that you are listening to me not by accident. You are listening to me because God is all part of the bigger plan of God showing his goodness over your life. This privilege to sit down and listen to me or wherever you are listening to preaching of God's word is God's way of trying to bless you. Hallelujah! It's God's way of trying to navigate you into your eternal destiny. It's God's way of trying to move you into what he has always purposed and planned concerning your life for it to be fulfilled so he can keep rewarding you and reward slapping benefits and slapping favor or lavishing favor and lavishing benefits upon you, benefits after benefits. That will be your testimony. You and your household would never be stranded. You and your household would never be put to shame because of the goodness of God. As the preaching is coming, may you be exposed into your destiny. May you be catapulted. May you be moved from glory to glory, from grace to grace. It takes preaching for God to save people. It takes preaching for God to bless people. It takes preaching for God to move people. Jesus in his manifesto when he appeared it's not his manifesto but his early preaching as soon as he came the opening call is open uh, opening comments were the spirit of the Lord is upon me for he has anointed me to preach. <laughs> he has anointed me. It takes an anointing to preach for the manifestation to follow. I pray that this Preaching may it bring divine manifestation and divine fulfillment and divine demonstrations and divine favors over your life in the name of Jesus. Paul puts it this way in Acts chapter 20 verse 32. I commend you to God and to the word of his grace. Hallelujah. It's the word of grace. It's the word of his grace. As you expose yourself to his word, the teaching of his word, guess what? You are exposing yourself to grace. To grace. Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 10, I am what I am by the grace of God. It takes grace to make you. Grace is a maker. We, grace makes you. And so the more you are, you are receiving grace, the more God is making you. May you receive grace. May you receive grace. More grace come upon you. Much grace towards you in the name of Jesus Christ. But he says that, um, the promise of God, all right? God is a God of promise. So he said that, so that by two immutable things, God, well, let me read it again, Hebrews chapter 6, verse 17, where, wherein God, willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise the immutability of his counsel, confirmed it by an oath. By, so that, so that, by two immutable things in which it's possible for God to lie, we who have fled for consolation will have hope. You know, so he said, by, by what truth? God is a God of promise. So he gives a promise and he'll bring his word. And his promise, Bible says that, therefore, let us draw near 
verse 23, and let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. For faithful is he who has promised. God is a God of promise. There is a promise still hanging over your life. In fact, in Hebrews chapter 4, it says, the promise of entering his rest, seeing that the promise of entering his rest still remains. Hebrews chapter 4, I think verse 7, 8, 9 there. Since the promise of entering his presence still, there's a valid promise still remains. It starts with a word. And then you mix the word with. The Bible says that the word did not profit them. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 2. Because it wasn't mixed with faith. So the word comes. Start with the word from a sent preacher. A preacher. And when the word comes. You receive the word. And mix it with faith. And it be, you, are, you, you start the journey of fulfill, enjoying the benefits. Or the manifestation of the promise of God over your life. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 23. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith. Without wavering. Now it's very important that means that you can easily lose the profession of your faith so first of all you have to hold fast hold it fast hold it tight what are you how are we supposed to hold tight the profession of our faith faith matters profession of our faith faith is a profession is it's like a career a profession is is um is, is what we do for a living that brings us income. And a profession requires training and qualification. So you can operate in certain levels of faith if you have not been trained or exercised according to Hebrew. Hebrews 5 uses, uses this word. Who by region, region 5, 12, and 13. Um, full meat, verse 13, belongs to people who are grown. Who by reason of use have their, sense, their senses exercised. Exercised to discern between good and evil. Hebrews chapter 5 verse 12 and 13 or verse 13 actually so um exercise in second timothy chapter 4 verse 7 he said exercise yourself unto godliness exercise yourself exercise yourself gumnazo that is the greek word we get gymnasium or gymnasium from gumnazo gymnastic and gym you know, gumnazo, gymnazo, exercise. So you have to exercise your, you can't just build muscles by wishing. I wish my muscles will grow. And then after a few, oh, you can't, you can't just be building muscles by just hoping or wishing. No, you have to exercise yourself into it. So that is personal responsibility. And I believe some of us will agree with me that sometimes to go to the gym regularly and exercise regularly can be quite uh, difficult and a daunting task for some of us, you know. So exercise, it takes responsibility and effort. In the same way, our Christian work takes effort. And it says that hold fast without wavering. So we have to hold fast. In Hebrew chapter 3 verse 6, it's also said if we hold fast. There are things we have to hold fast. And here it said we should hold fast the profession. And I said, as I said, profession requires training and it requires qualification. In other words, professional faith, you have to expose yourself to constant teachings that will build your faith. Teachings that will build your faith and put you in a position to operate in a certain dimension. So it's important to develop your faith. Faith can be developed. Faith can be developed. Faith, Bible says in Hebrews 10, uh, 17, faith comes. So you can, there's a way you can make more faith come. How? If faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, then that means more faith comes by hearing more of God's word and the word of God. 
hearing and hearing, more hearing and hearing. Faith comes by hearing, more faith comes by more hearing. And much more faith comes by much more hearing. So the word you are hearing is what determines the faith you walk in. The word you hear, the word of God you hear is what determines the faith you walk in. I repeat it. The word of God you hear is what determines the faith you walk in. And so preaching is not an item on church calendar or church events. Preaching is the means to nourish the human spirit. Preaching is the means to bring in faith to the hearers. Preaching is the means to let the, God, the power of God invade people's life. Preaching is the means to saturate an environment, an atmosphere, a, a situation with God's word and the power of his word. He said God manifested his word through preaching. So preaching is the means to see God at work, to allow, permit God to work in a, in a life or in a situation. So preaching is not just an item. That is why every genuine and decent godly preaching must be hinged heavily, strongly on the word of God. On the word of God, because no man has anything to say which can help man apart from the word of God. So it must be hinged on the word of God. Preaching of the word of God is what brings deliverance and relief. But the point here is that it says that don't waver in your faith. Profession of faith. Bible calls it, let us hold fast, hold tight. Hold tight. You know, when you go to a theme park and sometimes sit on some of the roller coasters, they say, are you ready, everybody? Hold tight, hold tight. We are about to go. Don't leave me, okay? Don't leave. Hold tight. And then we begin to uh, roller coast. We begin to move, and it can be scary. But your only safety is to hold tight. I know usually people are fasting for health and safety reasons, but in 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 a sense, you you have to be learn. Everybody must learn how to hold fast. And Bible says because we have access to God boldness to access God and we have the high priest, such a high priest over the house of God. We have to draw near, not only draw near, but we also have to hold fast. Hold fast. That stands to suggest that already there is a faith at play because you cannot be in the redeemed community without faith. In other words, you can't be a Christian without faith. When you became a Christian, you exercise by uh, you exercise faith. Ephesians chapter two verse eight: By grace are you saved through faith. All right. So you always you can't be a Christian without faith because being a Christian starts by faith. Being a Christian starts that it just starts by faith. But you but you have to build your faith, build on this fundament uh, foundation of faith, and hold on to your faith. So he said, holding on. He said, let's. Hold on, hold, uh, come near, near, and hold fast. The profession is a lifestyle that brings pro- that brings profit. So it's not just confession, which is the word. The Greek word is homologia. It means profession and confession. So it's a homologia is the Greek word translated the profession of our faith. Okay, so homologia, homologia, same speaking, same saying, but. Faith, it is not just about confession of faith, but possession of faith. That's what gets the job done. So you can say it without having it. But the truth is you can't have it without saying it. When it comes to faith, you have to speak. Faith is developed by what you hear and it is released. or it is. Um, faith comes by what you hear and faith is activated by what you speak. How, what you speak. So mind what you're saying. 
is very important. So you have to hold forth, hold strong. So let me even use the New King James. The New King James says that hold fast the confession of our hope. He, Hebrews chapter 10 verse 23. Hebrews 10 23 says, thank you Jesus. All right. He says that let us hold fast the confession of our hope. But the other one says faith. Is it hope, faith? Yeah. You see, hope and faith are all dealing with the future and with the promise of God. The promise, it, it's a promise. That means that we haven't received it yet, so it's always ahead. So you need hope to keep your eye on the future. No, hope tells you the future is real. Faith takes the future and begins to celebrate the future now. Okay, so hope is pointing to the future. Faith is drawing from the future. So your profession of faith has to do with the promise of God, which you are drawing from. Your confession of hope has to do with the promise of God ahead, which you are working towards, you are moving towards. Hallelujah. So we are moving towards. It's a confession. Speak the word. Speak the word. It's homologia. So we speak the word of hope. It's a word that God has given. That's why he says that faithful is he who has promised. So embedded in that statement means that when it says that holding fast the profession of your faith or confession of your faith, it means that there is a promise that has been given because you can't have faith without the word of God. You can't have hope without the word of God or the promise of God. And as I said, God always deals with that with promise. The promise of God. The promise of God. God is not a man that he should lie. He should lie. In Numbers chapter 23 verse 19. He's not a man that he should lie. In, in Romans 2, or in Titus, actually Titus chapter Chapter 1, verse 2. Which God, who cannot lie? He cannot lie. God simply cannot lie. And so, what he says is so. His word, his promise. All Abraham had was a promise of God. He had a promise of God. That's what he had. And he chose to believe the promise. And he lived to see the promise. And he died having not seen the other part of the promise. Which is we being his children. Uncountable number. So Abraham believed the promise of God. Praise the Lord. In fact, he says that Christ has died on the cross. Christ was uh, he said, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having been made a curse for us for his waiting curses. Galatians chapter 3 verse 13. For his waiting curses or anyone who hangs on the tree. Verse 14. That the promise of Abraham. So the promise was given to Abraham. God gave him a promise. God will come upon us the Gentile also through Christ Jesus. So the the when you are dealing with God, you are dealing with promises. That's why you never give, give up. Because God's promises are sure. Once you lose hope, that means you've, 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 you've given up on the potential of the future. So hope always looks to the future and says that the future is there. The future. So you might be going through something different now, which may not be the best or the, ple- the, the what you want. It might not be pleasant. But guess what? Hope tells you. It will change because there's, 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 there's light at the end of the t- tunnel. So hope. When people commit suicide because they don't see hope. When people become despondent and hopeless, there's no hope. That's when they abandon a mission or something. But as long as there is hope, you won't abandon it. Because you know it's going to happen. Hope tells you that the future is real. My brother, the future is real. That, what you are seeing is not your destination. Your location is not your destination. You are just passing through. You are just passing through. You are just passing through. You are going, my sister, things will change. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. They that 
know their God shall be strong and do exploits. Bible says there is hope for your future in Jeremiah chapter 31 verse 17, I think so. It says there is hope for your future. 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 There is, I prophesy and I'm telling you, there is hope for your future. That's why every time God meets people, he gives them a promise towards the future. And now they have to believe in him and walk with him and keep hoping and walk by faith. Faith is when you draw strength from your future so it's like you cash in in advance of the potential and the truth of the future and you cash in and live on it so you are not married but you live knowing that marriage is not going to be a problem how because you are you know you believe in the future you've seen the future by hope and now you are drawing and living so you when others are fretting you don't fret like they fret why because you are living the strength you are living with is based on the hope that's why hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 says that faith is the substance of things hoped for you can't have faith without hope so it says holding fast the profession or the possession uh, the profession or the confession or confession of your hope or profession of your faith we hold fast to it why because for faithful is he who has promised who also do so god has promised and you can cash in on the promises of god praise god so he says that hold fast the profession of your faith but watch this let me because what are the two things we have we have boldness through the blood and we have high priest over the house of god okay high priest i realize that our confession of faith or profession of faith is always connected to our high priest. Because in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14, it says, it spoke about how having a high priest, a great high priest over the house of God. Watch this. This is good. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14. I prefer this translation. Pardon me. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14. Thank you, Jesus. He says, seeing then that we have a great high priest that has passed into the heavens, Jesus, the son of God, let us hold fast our profession. It's a profession of faith. Hold fast. You know, you see the hold fast has appeared here again. Hold tight. Hold fast. Why? Because you, you can tell we have a high priest there. And so you have to hold fast. Don't compromise on your belief in Christ. Don't let the situation change your position in God. Do this church thing. Do it well. Bro. Sis. Do it well. Do it well. Do this church thing well. With sincerity. With fidelity. With humility. And with purity. Sincerity. Fidelity. Humility. Do it well. Hold him fast. The profession of your faith. Because our high thank you Jesus our high priest works with the profession of our faith watch this let me read again Hebrews chapter 4 verse 14 says that seeing seeing you know you don't knowing this you can't deny it seeing so what you see matters what you see in the word of God and your spiritual eyes that's why your spiritual eye begin to see that's why in Ephesians chapter 3 verse 16 said I pray for you that God will grant you uh, grant that you be strengthened with might by his spirit in your inner man that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened to shine your eyes Psalm 119 verse I think 18 says open down the, my, verse 17 and 18 he said 
Open my eyes that I might behold wondrous things in your word. Touch. He said, anoint your eye with eye cells. Revelation chapter 3, I think verse 17, 18, 19. Anoint your eyes with eye cells. So your eyes must open. Here, he says that enlightened, sorry, Ephesians says that, that may you, that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you will know. All right. So it's so important to understand. Here it says, seeing that so once you begin to get the insight, that's why teaching, sound teaching is important. Not teaching that will get keep you excited, necessarily excited emotionally, but teaching that will bring understanding into God's way of working with you. And into in fact, Paul puts it this way in first in, in Titus chapter one again, verse one. He said, Paul, a bond servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, according to the faith of God's elect. His even apostleship has to do with people's faith. Those God has called uh, faith. My calling has to do with your faith. Because if your faith is okay, you'll be okay. If your faith is in place, you'll be okay. And he says, uh, according to the faith of God's elect, and watch this, and the, uh, 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 and the truth which accords with godliness. Truth that is inconsistent, that's consistent with godliness. This apostleship is in line with that. Faith of God's elect, and we are to defend the truth and make sure the truth that is in accordance with godliness is adhered to or is maintained. Hallelujah. So it's very important to understand that your faith will save your future. Your faith will change your, your, your faith, will determine your faith. Hallelujah. So it says that, um, yeah, seeing we have such a great high priest who has passed through the eleven Christ, let's hold the confession of our. Let us, verse fourteen. Let us hold fast our confession. Look at Hebrews chapter three, verse one. Hebrews chapter three, verse one says, "Let us therefore fear." Let's. Oh, sorry. Hebrews chapter three. Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and the high priest of what our confession. Your high priest is going to work with what you are saying. Your confession, your profession, and our confession is our confession of faith. A profession of faith. Our high priest works with that. So please mind what you're saying. Mind your profession of faith. Mind your confession of faith. Because the seeing we have the access to God or boldness to enter his, his presence and high priest over the house of God, let us draw near and let us hold fast the profession of our faith or the confession of our hope. For faithful is he who has promised. Then the, the last point here is that, so let us hold fast the profession of our faith and then Verse 24, let us consider one another to provoke unto love and good works. Three, three let us. First let us is let us draw near. Second let us, let us hold fast. Third let us, let us consider one another. Because the Christian life is the one another from inside. So he said, consider one another. Consider Christian brothers, Christian sisters. Consider, provoke them to good works and love. Not provoking them to rebellion. Not provoking them to be talking against leadership or talking against other members and gossiping. Don't provoke people to do what will hurt other believers. That's the point I'm making. He says, so it's important. We have a high priest. So draw near. Two. One, draw near. Two, hold fast. Three, consider the brethren. Three, let us, uh, sorry, uh, let us consider one another to provoke unto love and good works. Not forsaking, verse 25 says that, not forsaking the assemblies of ourselves together as the manner of some is. To provoke one another, to consider one another to provoke to good Therefore, let us draw near, let us hold fast, and let us consider one another to provoke. We thank God for using his servant, Reverend Dr. David Entry, to share this awesome word. If this message has blessed you in any way, Please spread the word by sharing it and send us an email 
to amen at caris.org. Remember to stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube and Twitter for regular updates on what God is doing here at Caris Ministries. Stay blessed.